Hey everybody, um, I'm Ben from InterNACHI, and uh, this is a live webinar, and it's on NACHI TV, N-A-C-H-I TV, that's the URL, N-A-C-H-I TV, and we do free live online webinars for home inspectors um, just about every other week or so. Um, sometimes it's me talking, sometimes we have a special guest, and fortunately today we do have a special guest. So, um, but before we um, get to um, our special guest, uh, let me show you how to register for a webinar on NACHI TV. You go to NACHI.TV and you click the big blue button that says register for free because all of our webinars are online and free. Um, you can also click the button that says watch the most recent webinar. And um, if you click that, you get to our list of upcoming webinars. And if you scroll down, uh, we categorize um, the different types of webinars that we had. We record every webinar and we upload it to YouTube, our YouTube channels. And um, so if you wanted to see um, some webinars about um, home inspections or software or check out um, the best vendors in the inspection industry, uh, we have those tabs as well. Upcoming is our National Home Inspector Convention. And it's in Southern California. Um, and it's in October uh, 2020. So save the date, October 15 to 17, 2020, um, in Southern California. Um, let's see, a couple of years ago, we were in the East Coast, Atlantic City. That was a lot of fun above a casino. Everybody had a lot of fun in Atlantic City. And then last year, we had a different kind of thing, like a family-oriented kind of fairgrounds uh, with a lot of games and children running around. And um, that was a lot of fun, too. But this one in Southern California, we have a convention site. A traditional big convention site holds a couple thousand people. We're going to be serving breakfast and lunch and having lots of fun there for a couple days. Big opening night reception. So um, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Perfect weather uh, in Southern California in October 2020. Save the date. Have a, a fun uh, business trip. And um, But today we're talking to Peter Hopkins, my buddy from United Infrared. And um, he does a lot of stuff for the inspection industry and he's going to be talking to us today and uh peter i went on your um site uh unitedinfrared.com and there's a ton of information there and i see you do online classes and live training and um i realized that you just did uh, a convention site the thermal imaging conference um how did that go Oh, it went excellent. We had it here in Southern California, so we prepped the weather for you for next year. It should be exciting. You guys can count us in. So, um, yeah, our, our uh, company's really designed around advanced application training. So, you know, whereas for the home inspectors that do a per part of the commercial aspect, that's a lot of where our training is focused. We do have some courses specific to home inspectors, um, but for the guys who do more commercial and are looking to expand, that's where our company uh, uh, has a lot of focus. Cool. Well, I'm going to click a button on my side, and I'm going to give you control of the webinar, and um, you can take us through. All right. Well, provided you can see my screen, let's. Uh, we're going to start to learn a little bit about moisture today. Um, topic of our uh, speaking today is chasing water with thermal imaging. We're going to go through some best practices, some basic understandings for you guys in infrared cameras and moisture meters. So what we want everybody to kind of understand is a little bit about the basics and keep in mind, obviously, within tra any training, especially in 30 minutes or so, you're not going to have everything you know 
that's about to going out and doing this. Uh, so, you know, my goal is to make things as simple as possible. I can't really make it that simple for you, um, but uh, but I obviously want you to understand that with trainings like this, it can give you some more insight to understanding how to move your business forward with these particular applications and tools. So obviously with time and experience, you will gain those. Uh, many times um, you'll find that you're paying for time and experience like uh, your attendance at the InterNACHI uh, national conventions where you have these experts in the field that will be training. So it's good to invest your time for those events because you can obviously elevate your earnings with doing so. So what we want to talk a little bit about is path of least resistance. Obviously, this is the physical or metaphorical pathway that provides the least resistance to forward motion. And there's reasons why I bring this up. And that is to understand um, kind of water in that regard. Um, you know, we have a lot of tools like navigation systems. You know, what would we do without them? For those guys that have been inspecting a long time, you'll realize, you know, you used to have to use a map and you would use that map while driving. And now your computer in your car is telling you which way to go. So obviously we're looking for the simplest path. Um, people, they choose paths for different reasons, some very crazy, some that we would never think of or just simply plain stupid. Um, electrical current um, seeks the path of least resistance, but interestingly enough, it always returns to its source, um, sometimes multiple paths, you know. But water is much, much different. And that's the key that we're going to try and help you guys understand today. Many times on inspections, we'll see a sign of water. We'll see a stain. And often uh, people, inspectors, will say, hey, it's right above it. Or the condition is, you know, that's causing this water is right above it. And what I want you to understand is that is not the case many times. Water will take the path of least resistance, but it doesn't care how long it takes to get there. So as you can see with the evidence of some of these aerial shots. So this is an aerial shot of a, of a river. And what I want you to know is the crow flies, uh, that is about 5,700 feet uh, from this elevated shot. Now, for anybody who wants to know, Google Earth will give you this opportunity to measure this. But when you actually measure the length of that river, you'll find that it's over 14,000 feet long. So as the crow flies 5,000 and that the length of the river is 14,000 feet. So this is an example of helping you understand that water does not care how long it takes to get to where it's going. And so when you see that stain that might be in the ceiling, understand that it had may, ha may have migrated from many feet away and then it just happened to show up at the point of, you know, so imagine lakes and rivers, you know, and oceans. The water will travel down the river and go into a lake and then you see this stain or water spot and then it'll travel down to the ocean, which is where it presents itself. So this is an example of a photo where we can see uh, obviously anomaly in the ceiling of a building. And what I'm gonna show you the second picture 
is where it originated. And what I want you to see is those lakes and rivers that appeared. So in this particular case, this was a property I actually did a home inspection on, and I, and most of my home inspection reports all include a reference to my thermal imaging business. And um, with that, they know kind of services that I offer, like moisture detection. So a few years after the home inspection, they had contacted me uh, with that in mind to help them out. And as you can see in this case, we ran hot water in the shower, which is why you see that bright image compared to the prior image. And the water was is traveling in multiple directions as it originates and after it originates, and it travels down to where those dark spots were. I do have a video um, of this, and I want you to know that I don't know how well it'll transpose over the internet, but you know, th this was literally a 30-minute process, and I'm going to try and speed it up. Um, to, and hopefully some of these pictures will show uh, yeah. and the video will transfer. Is it coming through, Ben? Yeah, it looks really good. Yep. Okay. So this is over a 30-minute time period. And that's what I want you guys to understand is, is that it just doesn't magically show up into that lake or ocean. It takes time. And that's why maybe you know a home inspection may not always not always indicate you know you might see a stain but you ran the shower and you didn't get anything to appear because you may have only run water for a little bit in this particular case this actually took 30 minutes and i ex expedited that video so what's really key for you guys to understand is is that you know the 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 knowledge and the training that you might get from webinars like this and other things that are on Nachi TV um, is to help you guys do a better job. Um, the infrared camera is reality is just a tool in your bag, just like moisture meters and hygrometers. Those are all things that can help you do better, but you're going to need that base knowledge and properly understanding how to use it. Knowledge, obviously can be experienced with experience, time, training, um, and help you start really making money in this field. Now, well, something we want you to understand is, is that uh, many people believe that infrared cameras can see through walls and see water, and actually it doesn't see through walls and it doesn't see water. What it sees is the effects of those conditions. So if we have missing insulation in a wall and it's a cold day outside, um, you should be able to see the effects of the environment. So if it's a hot day or cold day, that will radiate energy or energy loss will occur causing that wall temperature to be different. So in effect, it almost looks like an x-ray, but you're not seeing through the wall. Um, in the case of water, we're not actually seeing water, but due to the evaporative effects. So as water um, evaporates, it has a tendency to be cooler. So this is when water is transferring um, from a vapor to a gas. And that cooling effect that occurs, you're able to see uh, because it's cold. Now, I want you to be careful because this is where training is very important. I can actually show you a picture of a wall that is 100% wet, but thermal doesn't show anything. And this is because of environmental effects and, and a, uh, an effect that occurs where heating and cooling occur in the residence where a wet material will actually equalize the environment. And so that's where other tools like moisture meters will be important to help see that. So good, good training is important um, so that you guys understand that going into it. Be careful not to say it's you know not wet just because you happen to look at it with an infrared camera. 
Now, a, a common question with a lot of inspectors is the types of tools that we use and, and um, what do you need on a home inspection? And the reality is, is that there are guidelines like ResNet that establishes insulation minimum resolutions required. Um, in optimal conditions, the, I, I, I'm sorry to say, but the crappiest infrared camera out there will actually do the job um, in perfect conditions. And as the conditions worsen, it's sometimes many times difficult here in California um, where we get 70 degrees days out the, outside all the time um, and you get very small temperature deviations between inside and out and sometimes with wet areas the higher resolution cameras will obviously do a better job but that's a significant investment for inspectors you will see ResNet guidelines that state you need to be a 120 by 120 resolution minimum um, but, you know, the good news is when I, well, I got in the business in infrared and wrote a business plan in 1999. And I can tell you, I still have my original quotation for an infrared camera, which was $75,000. And the good news is today you can buy these in the hundreds of dollars uh, versus the many, many, many thousands of dollars where I spent uh, in actually 2005 when I purchased my, finally purchased my first infrared camera, I spent uh, 20000 And I can tell you that the small little camera on the far top left, uh, these little things that plug into your phone, uh, that has far more power at uh, $400 um, than the camera that I purchased in 2005 that I spent 20 grand on. So they've come a long way. Um, the cameras themselves, I'm gonna tell you the big difference. Any of them will do the job when it comes to current moisture conditions and obviously the right conditions like the environment. And as long as you understand what you're doing, any of the cameras will do the job. Um, the biggest difference between them all is marketing. Um, you know, some guys just want that marketable aspect for those guys that are out charging more for their inspections. I'm going to encourage you to probably, you know, the clients want to see something that looks like an IR camera. And so that's where the middle row might be doing it. And then if you're doing professional thermography, you might invest in the higher resolution, larger, uh, bulkier cameras. But for most home inspectors who are using it as an add-on, a simple add-on, something less than $100 extra on an inspection, you know, any of the cameras in the left column will do the job. Um, the clients will see that at that end result of that image. But that's the main thing to know. By the way, um, uh, you know, when we talk about things like the ResNet standard, um, that is something that if you do insulation inspections, it could be used against you in a court of law and they do establish minimum resolution requirements. But that FLIR 1 at 399 uh, retail uh, actually meets that requirement. So same thing with the SeekShot Pro. Uh, the FLIR C3s actually have an 80 by 60 detector, so it's a little lower on the resolution. However, uh, when used in the capacity of you know an inspection, if it can see an anomaly like missing insulation or moisture, uh, nobody can deny that condition. So as I said, most conditions can be seen. So that's the basic understanding is what are you doing with an infrared camera? Is it a marketing approach or is it uh, trying to um, uh, just have have that tool uh, available. And as I said, the pricing is there that it's reasonable for everybody. 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit about moisture meters so that we can have a firm, better understanding of them. Um, they are a necessary tool that if you're choosing to go do moisture inspections, um, that you will have this. And this is there to validate the anomalies that you find with a thermal imaging camera. Um, proper use and technique are necessary for accurate reporting. I'm going to tell you, I get uh, I get calls all the time of people that that don't really understand what moisture meters do, and they believe that um, uh, hey, I see 18% moisture. Is that wet? And the answer simply is, uh, I need more information. Um, but just because you put a moisture meter at a wall and it tells you a moisture reading doesn't necessarily mean that that is a elevated moisture reading. You want to first see those conditions with your infrared camera and then use the moisture meter to validate. You're going to do what's called a baseline where you're gonna image in a known dry area uh, with your moisture meter and then you use it to the wet area and you're looking for that increase. But do know that all moisture meters are rated in WGE and that is wood grain equivalent. And so for you, I'm gonna give you guys one big nugget. Do not ever report moisture content in your reports. Use the words elevated or uh, increased moisture. But if you state percentages, a fine lawyer will find his way into your pocketbook. So be careful on that two types of moisture meters on the market. We've got a pin and pinless, and the differences between the two, obviously uh, pinless uh, meters, um, they're the non-destructive type. Um, you can use these on materials, but there are false positives that can occur. Um, it's by capacitance, and pin meters are by conductance, and so that's measuring that resistance between those electrodes. There are some pros for pin meters. It's excellent for testing materials where metal may not be success, uh, suspected. So sometimes, many times in your wood walls, but keep in mind screws and things can set these meters off. Uh, they're very accurate. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm speaking on the pin, is that they can be excellent where metal. Uh, so like if you have drywall um, and you're getting readings on your pinless meter, um, that would go off the pin meter where you can just touch that surface can read that, but they do cause damage. So you got to be very careful on the pin meters um, on your home inspections because you're going to get a seller or an owner of the house that might see that um, destruction and then be asking you to repair. The pinless is the preferred method uh, in home inspection. It's non-destructive, but the negative is the false positive. So metal can, as we showed in the earlier slide, will cause that meter to go off um, because it's reading, and most, most pinless types of meters are reading about three quarter to one and a quarter inches maximum depth. So they're not seeing any more than that. But as you know, drywall being a half inch to three quarter inch in length, um, a drywall screw can set that off easily. And so simply moving your meter, turning it sideways, uh, will be one way of trying to determine those false positives. Um, as I stated, uh, moisture meters are calibrated in percentage of moisture content in the wood. Um, different species of wood are different, but here's a, just kind of in a paragraph, I'm going to read this so you kind of have an understanding. For relating wood properties to moisture content, the moisture content is defined as the weight of the water contained in the wood expressed as a percentage of the oven dry weight of the wood. That means if we completely dried that wood out, they take the weight of it. Then they wet that wood and they then weigh it. If the wet wood 
as a percentage to the dry wood, they can then determine the percentage of moisture in that content. So that'll range from zero to 100. Now, naturally, because of humidity and properties, that moisture content can be higher. So I want you to be careful and understand that going into it. So pin and pinless meters will read differently. As I said, um, many times you'll see a moisture meter, like for example, Tramex has a zero to 30. And I get people calling me saying, well, Peter, it says 30. I need to know percentage. Well, they do have a comparative scale, but 30 points on the Tramex uh, Moisture Encounter Plus is pretty much 100% wet. But 18% does not mean it's a current leak. You can have that naturally with humidity and just the environment. So you must complete baseline surveys and you must speak in elevated moisture terms on survey, not actual moisture content. And again, we're trying to protect you guys to keep you safe out there. Um, this is the only, most expensive moisture meter on the market. This is called an RWS, but this happens to be one of the only meters that you can actually dial in sensitivity. This was a uh, commercial survey that I did, and I'm showing you where the pen is marked, where a crack in this acrylic-based stucco is. Acrylic-based stucco is a waterproof kind of stucco where water's not gonna go through it. You can see that by the water droplets on the stucco itself. But in this particular building, I was paid many many thousands of dollars to come in and bring my expertise and what we're showing is how that crack in the stucco is the point of water entry so I did this above and below the crack and you can see that the moisture content I set this meter to a very sensitive reading but not sensitive enough where it would read the metal studs behind so I can dial down sensitivity where I just want to read maybe a quarter inch into the stucco and so that's a nice feature with this meter for those doing moisture investigations it's a good investment. Um, also, that meter is ex expressly used on commercial inspections. Um, due to capacitance, uh, roofing, commercial roofing materials will maintain the energy of the sun, and wet areas will show differently than dry areas. And so that's what we're showing an example here. Again, the moisture meter is used to validate conditions that we find. So we're going to go through a few cases to give you guys a little bit of an understanding of what we can see on the uh, thermal camera. Um, some from very simple cases to clients complaining about mold and stuff in cabinets and why is it occurring and using your infrared camera and these can be very low resolution uh, you can tell that often by the graininess of the image but can be very still effective and what we're seeing here is if you look at the refrigerant line coming off the coil you'll see a dark anomaly that occurs on the lower left image and that is easily uh, where that water was dripping into the cabinet causing the moisture staining hey case solved um, this is a client who had a seven-year mystery um, they had this condition going on for seven years where they tried everything from you know replacing uh, tub plumbing to sink plumbing and they if you look in the ceiling there's a little stain but that's all they knew is water would drip periodically. And, uh, you know, through coming out, we can turn on our camera, see the anomaly. And we were able to trace this up to the bathroom above where we had an anomaly on the side of the toilet. Again, thermal camera is very effective. You use your moisture meter to validate that condition. So it's a these two tools go hand in hand. They're a marriage made in heaven uh, because they're both necessary. And there are ASTM standards that discuss the uh, proper use of that. This was a case of a slab leak where we had a customer who had actually utilized ultrasound services, many leak detection. For those uh, who look up, if you Google the word leak detection, you'll find that uh, you'll come up with a plumber. 
Um, uh, unfortunately, plumbers are not always the best case people when it comes to leaks because they know nothing about windows or doors and flashings and roofs. We'll talk about some of those cases, but usually those guys use ultrasound equipment, which is very effective or typically effective in finding leaks. In this particular case, they were not able to, and so we use the infrared camera. We simply see the anomaly in the floor. I look like a genius. X marks the spot, correct? So this is another slab leak. The client tried to do their own due diligence. They started cutting open holes, thinking the water heater was causing it. And um, I remember the X marks the spot, guys. Um, we turn that camera on. It gives me a magical imprint, an anomaly, and there's my X. So you can kind of see a hybrid shot showing the thermal and visual together. And how mapping it out with blue tape and putting an X. And um, this is an actual picture of that client digging that up. He called me the next day to advise me that we had nailed it. And wow. the pipe, uh, his exact words, was pissing right when they turned <laughs> on. So, so um, we're going to go with that. And um, he was very happy with our services. So guys, keep in mind that if you do own an infrared camera, these are very effective tools. They can see things that our own physical eyes cannot. And I can't encourage you enough to charge money for this. Make sure you guys aren't giving it away. Um, there are huge opportunities with thermal. And I've built a successful business with it. I can tell you by the end of August, you know, we're we're all hopefully in the country enjoying a nice increase in business this year. By the end of August, I had already done what I did all of last year in uh, home inspection business. But my infrared this year will exceed my home inspection business. Um, so it's pretty exciting. And we're talking well over six figures in thermal business a year with almost no marketing at all. So um, anyway, so exciting stuff. Um, here's another case, you know, you get these where you get moisture, you cut it open, you can see that there's two points of moisture and we were able to find out there was other areas um, of moisture intrusion. So, um, you know, it, it, again, these are tools that, that you know, um, when with to the naked eye, you may not see it. The thermal camera kind of helps you see. Uh, one of the fun things when you do professional uh, leak detection is the destructive part that we get to do that we don't get to do as home inspectors. Um, I got these drywall knives and sometimes, uh, you know, you guys, if you've seen the, the, uh, the HGTV shows where they have their demo day. That's kind of really fun when we get to break stuff up. And the best part about this is, you know, I let my clients know I don't fix anything I damage. So it's kind of fun. Anyways, these are some cases where we had a client thought that they had a bathroom leak and it found to be a deck flashing. Uh, just water testing is the answer and they're paying you hourly. Uh, you know, I, I don't sell fixed price moisture surveys. I do uh, surveys that are, um, you know, on an hourly basis because I have no idea how long it's going to be. But these are a time lapse over 30 minutes showing you how that water, that river is traveling. So kind of similar to what we showed you in the beginning beginning. Um, poor roof design. Many of the uh, seasoned inspectors will see right here the problem. We have an upper roof that cascades over a lower medium to steep pitch roof that just drives right into a wall. And you guys can see that counter flashing. Well, this roofer already replaced the roof twice. Um, and now his suggestion was to replace the upper roof to fix this condition. Now, this is why our expertise, keep in mind, you know, inspectors wouldn't exist if Bill 
builders did their job right, if Home Depot didn't exist, if they didn't sell to the public, uh, you know, where people can fix their own things. And this is what we find on inspections. Um, but these conditions might not be readily visible to a home inspector just coming out. We're looking for conditions that would indicate the problem. But, um, you know, you bring a little rain on this and um, then it just goes right through that counter flashing. This is what it looked like when I showed up. Obviously, pans on the floor. Um, put your inspector eye on, a little infrared camera, and there you look up above that area. And this is what we see. And so obviously it makes you look like a genius. Many of us need as much help as we can. I know I can use a little help, Ben. Couldn't these things make you look a little better? I think so. And so it is a tool that's easy for everybody to get and turn on. So um, there's a lot of cases that go through. What does a kitchen, nook, master bed, and living room have in common? one source of a leak. You can see that water, uh, again, a counter flashing where they drive the downspout right against the roof that just pushes the water right up against the building and there it comes in. So, um, you know, and then commercial aspects, um, you know, where we talk, I mean, the opportunities are endless. This is a project that went on for six months with every expert in this $20 million building where nobody had any idea where leaks were coming and they retained our services. This is what I came to. I showed up and had holes all over the walls cut. They're trying to figure out where the leak's coming from. And you know, they're, they're pulling their hair out. And so obviously turning on the infrared camera will give you the clues. And so remember when I showed you that picture earlier with the Tram XRWS, this is the picture that, uh, that helped guide me to that. So we were up on a boom lift and we were able to solve that crime. So before, above and below, and we were able to track that they were missing the lintel, the flashing above the window. So stucco, acrylic, water went in, had no way of getting out. As many people know with commercial buildings, these windows are just inset into the wall and they're sealed, but that water was coming in through. So, um, you know, we get cases where people get water leaks like this and they have no idea where it's coming from. They think it's a planter. They invest a lot of money fixing planters and just with some expertise, which many of you guys already have. You just have resisted to going out and creating a branch of its own. You know, as inspectors, we make recommendations that people get expert uh, people to review these things, but they don't know who to go to. Do you go to a handyman? Do you go to a contractor who doesn't know what he's doing? So you guys already have that eye to finding defects and um, you either have already invested in the tools or going too soon, hopefully, but um, obviously those uh, things can be seen and you can create a thermal business of your own. Um, again, remember the destructive testing, it's a fun part. Many times I get to direct the show where the contractors are there with me and I'm advising, cut that wall, cut that wall, cut that wall. And um, this again, right outside this window is a planter and we know that the water was coming from the roof. And so that's the case here where the water was traveling on the roof. They thought it was a planter. It turned out they put in gutters two weeks before the leak occurred. And uh, the guy who did the gutter, uh, he just nailed right into the soffit. And so that water hit the roof, hit the nail, flowed right into the soffit and came down the wall. Voila, makes money. 
All right, so keep in mind that there's a lot of different training opportunities. NACHI has training, uh, there's other groups, um, there's certification. I wanna kind of dispel some of it for you guys. Really, in, in reality, as far as international recognize, uh, being recognized, level one through three, whether it's infraspection or infrared training center or so, they have a certification by ASNT standards, and those are recognized pretty much by every Fortune 500 company. However, um, do you need that? If you're doing home inspections and doing you know, this add-on service, maybe charging an extra 100 for doing the infrared, I believe that all those, those are beneficial and they will help you that may not be needed. But if you plan to do it professionally, you're certainly gonna to wanna to look into level one through three certification. We have a course for home inspectors. It's the Home Inspect IR. Uh, I've trained over 3,500 home inspectors with this training. And um, it's like a five hour course that can be done live or online. And honestly, you can, you, that will be just as sufficient. Nachi's had a certified program. Um, so Monroe has a program and any of these are, are good for home inspectors. They'll be great. But like I said, if you plan on doing standalone work, you probably want to look into the level one through three certification uh, options. I know that infraspections work with InterNACHI as well. So there's some options there that uh, may be available or um, obviously United Infrared has solutions for you in that regard. Um, we created a course specifically for uh, mold guys and home inspectors. It's an eight hour course, uh, residential moisture inspector that goes through um, specific things like building science, thermal imaging science, moisture meter standards, and report writing and marketing. And it's specific to helping you guys understand how to properly use these tools. We have specific things for local events and chapters. I just taught this out in Florida uh, not too long ago. So, you know, if you guys have chapters or groups or even large events that you're looking for this, we have options for that. Um, I want to kind of uh, close out with any questions that might happen, but I want to leave you with one good case. I want you always to understand that it's not always what you think. This is a client who called us because they had a uh, leaking shower or so they thought. A little bit of research, we were able to find that our moisture content was quite higher away from the shower than it was near the shower, which made us suspect and the fact that the client hadn't even used their shower in over a year, why would we have elevated moisture? Well, folks, I don't know if the sound bite came through, but uh, as you look as a far shot, you can see the dog bed there. And uh, <laughs> there we go. The dog was pissing on the second time I've used the word piss uh, in this presentation today. The dog was peeing on and I had to uh, let the client know that obviously, are you not letting your dog out at night? Uh, she was an older lady and said she was very tired. The dog would bark and then stop barking. I wonder why. <laughs> so with that, uh, we do have some specials for the InterNACHI members and um, we always uh, work and appreciate the opportunity to present with you guys and so we have some specials. However, I have no idea if somebody's going to be reviewing this webinar one day or 10 years from now um, as the show must go on. And so we would like you to email our office. We have some special offers through the end of October uh, and we will um, uh, be 2019. But however, this information is very relevant in 2025. Uh, but email our office info at United Infrared and give us a subject header of InterNACHI and we will send you some special offers and free shipping for you guys on some training and tool opportunities.
And with that, I hope this presentation was enlightening to you and your business, and I hope you understand some of the many ways that you can chase water with thermal imaging. There's my direct contact information. I have my personal email. You can also use peter at unitedinfrared.com. And uh, with that, I'm going to open it up some questions or comments. Uh, ben, uh, any thoughts? Uh, I just wanted to thank you. There's a few questions about um, um, mouse uh, detection and radiant flooring. But um, it was a really great presentation. Um, if you wanted to um, reach out to Peter again, um, feel free to do so at his website and uh, email him. And um, Peter, I, I really just wanted to thank you very much for taking your time. Uh, you're a very busy fella, and um, you're one of the best vendors in the industry. You've got a lot to offer whenever you show up at an event or a conference or a chapter meeting. You always has, you have a ton of stuff to share. So I really appreciate it. And thanks for giving um, some uh, special recognition to our international members. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And if you want, I can address any of those questions. But, uh, you know, the mouse is can be seen. Um, they do create an effect with moisture. Um, usually they're urinating wherever they're sleeping, uh, yeah. somewhere near there. So those can be seen. And uh, at night, uh, bring your BB gun out and look in the ceiling for that one little hot spot. But just be careful wherever that is. I had a case where it was just over the bed. So I had to think about that before I made the shot. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. Well, awesome, Peter. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll see each other soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. See you. See you, everybody. See you in the next Nachi TV webinar. Bye, Peter. Bye, bye.